1: plushcare.com slash weight loss
2: be good or i'll shoot you dead
0: we have confirmation that this is You do have coming in coming in that's uh that's confirmed report
2: was Blue Boy, with Grave Fission. Hey there friends, I'm Nuclear Yuki, and welcome once again to a nuclear reading show. Today, we're continuing on with KCAT's Fallout Equestria. And also, if you're enjoying what I'm bringing to the cold, dark wasteland, don't be afraid to tell your friends about me, or find me on Twitter as Nuclear Yuki. It's a big help. Oh, and a bit of a disclaimer, since the gangs can be a bit feisty. Fallout is owned by Bethesda and Hasbro made my little pony print up his magic. With all that said and done, welcome, friends, to the Wasteland. Chapter 38. Peace in our time. Enough. My abused body was through. My nerves didn't even have the will to scream at me anymore. My muscles ached dully. My insides hurt. My pip leg itched. I could even feel the mud slowly squishing in between my armour and my coat, seeping through the hole the Ultra Sentinel had burned in my chest. I didn't care. My friends needed me. Velvet Remedy was unconscious. Please let her just be unconscious. I tried to save her from drowning, but she'd gone under more than once, and now she was just laying there, unmoving. A few yards away, the sky bandit was half sunk in the lake. The front end thrust upwards over the muddy shore. I heard a grunt from the air to my left where Calamity hung from the sky bandit's
1: harness.
2: (coughs) Calamity's legs kicked circles in the air. Oh, pony feathers! My attention was focused on Velvet Remedy. I was desperate to get close to her, to see if she was all right. But my body ignored me. I tried to pull her close. But my magic flickered over her limp form and died. Too much strain. She wasn't breathing. I could see no lift and fall from her body. Oh, goddesses, Velvet Remedy wasn't breathing.
0: Calamity!
2: I shouted hoarsely, terror surging through me.
0: Velvet's not breathing! Help her!
2: I'm trying! Calamity shouted back, suddenly thrashing in his harness. I can't get down! "'His wings flapped and his hooves, kicked. "'My mind was exploding in panic. "'Every second, she was dying. "'I couldn't get to her. "'I couldn't even crawl. "'My horn flared with a surge of adrenaline. "'There was not enough in me to wrap around Velvet. "'But that flush of power was enough "'to pull apart the clasps of Calamity's harness, "'dropping the rust-coloured pegasus into the mud. "'He scrambled to Velvet's side "'and began pumping his hooves against her breast, "'pausing only to breathe for her. "'Behind him... A groan rose up as the Sky Bandit slipped further into the lake. With a start, I realised Steelhooves was still in the back of the passenger wagon, paralysed in his dead armour, unable to move as he sunk into the water. I knew he couldn't drown, but the thought of being trapped in a watery grave had to be horrifying. My mind immediately conjured memories of my nightmarish imprisonment in the healing booth. Calamity continued fervently, trying to bring life back to Velvet Remedy. Tones of grey bled into my vision. My whole self cried out for rest, begging me just to let go, just go to sleep. But I fought the cool embrace of darkness, the little pony in my head kicking and screaming, telling me that if I let it overtake me, I would never wake up again. If I lost consciousness now, I would slip into a coma, and somehow I knew it wouldn't be a peaceful sleep. All the nightmares of the healing booth awaited for me down there. I heard a choked, spluttering cough and Velvet Remedy, My panic lifted, my heart crying out. Oh, thank the goddesses! The grip of panic eased around my heart and mind. The blackness rushed in like a surging ocean. I think I heard Calamity fire his battle saddle and yell something, but he sounded too far away. And then, nothing. Visions of my life in stable 2 passed before my eyes. Boring, dull, safe, and grey. Devoid of any real life. Empty of friends or of purpose. A job when I was helping no pony. Out of a sense of responsibility and hope, I braved the possible nothingness beyond the stable door, leaving that place behind, trading it for pain and horror as I searched for her. I remembered my first day and how the daylight seemed so strange to me. Beautiful, yet odd and unhealthy, strained by the curtain of clouds above us. I saw how stupid and foolish I had been, plunging headlong into places like Ironshod Firearms and Stable 24, repeatedly risking my life and later those of my friends, driven by curiosity and a need for answers. I was lucky to still be alive. My friends swam before me, my fearless first friend Calamity, always by my side, always ready to catch me when I fell. I owed him my life, over and over. Velvet Remedy, the real mare, not the one of my foolish fantasies. With the caring heart who tended me while I was sick, and took my burden when the return home was too much for me to bear. Steel Hooves met in battle with a flurry of explosions. I'd seen him conquer his own demons to fight alongside Zenith, and to finally step up to lead a new force for good in the equestrian wasteland. And Zenith herself called from Red Eye's hell of industry and slavery. A tortured mare, A survivor who became our guide in Old Olney. One of the most grim and deadly places the wasteland had to offer. My mind filled with voices. The voice of DJ Pwn3, broadcasting out of Manhattan, bringing messages of warning and hope, and making us out to be heroes. I remembered that first real voice from the past. That message from Scootaloo. A hello from one of the ponies who had shaped the world and watched it fall. From them, I learned of virtues, of sacrifice, and of failure. And even though they were gone, they'd become my family almost as much as my living friends. I was no longer alone. I recalled moments of joy, times I'd almost forgotten. Breakfast with Gord at Junction R7. My water fight with homage in the pouring rain. My head filled with shadows horribly damaged Pinky Bell with her balefire bomb she was saving for fireworks. That one accidental shot on Bucklin Bridge. I dreamt that I was drowning in blood. A crimson river from all those who I had slain. The memory of Arbu transformed that terror into a reality. Of all the things I'd struggled against, raiders, slavers, zombie zebras, and even a dragon, the greatest threat had always been from myself. The darkness and rage that hid within me. Addiction and failure. My soul was weary. I needed rest. Hadn't I been through enough? I tried to do good. I tried to help. I pushed myself through the torture and the horror. Death awaited me, and I could hear the sweet, cajoling song of the grim reaper pony, offering me final respite. I wanted to go to her, let her wrap me in that cloak of nothingness and unending sleep. But even here, "'The little pony in my head fought with me, "'reminding me that there was still much to do "'before I could allow myself peace. And "'There were still ponies who needed me. "'Red-Eyes still threatened Ten-Pony Tower "'and my beloved homage. And "'There was still a goddess out there "'bent on the extinction of pony kind through unity. "'As long as you're willing to face the fire.' "'Well, fuck. "'My little pony was right. "'As much as I yearned otherwise, "'I had to return.' to regain consciousness. I moaned, rolling onto my side. My body was covered in a sickly sweat. An unpleasant warmth rushed through me. My head and stomach churned with nausea. I itched from dried mud. I was laying on a filthy cot in a ramshackle wooden structure that stank of damp wood and rot. I tried to push myself up, my legs trembling weakly before giving out. The effort caused my gut to rebel, and I found the strength to roll over and vomit. Mercifully, there was an old mop bucket next to the bed, seeming to exist just for the purpose of being filled with my sickness. My throat burned, the inside of my mouth turning horrid. The stench of my throat made my eyes water and drove my stomach to churn and release even more. I collapsed back, tears in my eyes. This had happened before. Illness brought on by physical overexertion, mental turmoil, and the nastiness of the wasteland. We needed to go. I didn't have time to be bedridden again for days. Cantalot had been physiologically brutal. The pink cloud on the broadcasters putting my brain and insides through a grinder... The loss of a rib was traumatic and terrifying. That scar there, like the one on my neck, would never fully heal. My pit buck fused my coat and flesh. Was it any surprise my health was falling apart? The memory orbs had been emotionally gut-wrenching. Part of me screamed to gallop back to the Ministry of Peace just to give Rarity a proper burial. But even before we'd left the Ministry of Awesome, the fires and cloud made that impossible. The heart-rending blow of watching Applejack step out of that elevator, and realizing that Applesnack had intended to propose to her that very night, she was anticipating it. Goddesses, I fought to get up, only to fail again. I must not be this weak. My sickness could be costing lives. Goddesses, where was I? My eyes moved slowly over the filth, a few empty bottles, rubbish, a doorway without a door. And the stained sheet that covered it. Not Steelhoof's shack. Now let's get you set up just like that. I heard Calamity's voice drift in from the next room, followed by a loud thump of metal against splintering wood. I felt the urge to call out to him. The gal was fine enough to let me rent this here set of magically powered armour long enough to us to reboot you. Should have your mobile in no time. Are you sure you know what you're doing, Calamity? Steelhoof's voice followed his. ''Maybe you should wait for Little Pip.'' ''And leave you stuck like this?'' Zenith's voice chimed in. ''Is it wrong that I want to stick him in poses? Even feeling as wretched as I did, I had to bury my muzzle into the mattress to stifle a snicker. I felt better knowing three of my friends were just on the other side of that filthy curtain. ''Try it, and I will hurt you.'' Steelhoofs warned, grumbling. ''Calamity, hurry!'' "'So which end do I plug this into again?' Calamity asked, failing confusion. "'The levity in his voice betrayed him. "'Just hurry before the zebra gets any other ideas.' "'Thank you, Steelhoofs,' Zenith said quietly. "'For helping my daughter's village. "'I know it must be hard for an old soldier to help Zebrakin.' "'I mentally grasped at that through the swimming in my head. "'We were in Glyphmark, through the doorway.' I realised the next room had fallen still. Applejack was afraid of zebras. Steelhooves finally said, It took her little sister to show her that they were people, just like ponies. Good folk, most of them. I listened, surprised, as Applesnack opened up to Zenith. She never forgot that. Not even in the blackest hours of the war. Not even when her closest zebra friend betrayed her. His voice seemed to freeze. Steelhoof's low, rumbling voice dropped even lower. Oh, so we believed. Again, the room beyond mine filled with a pregnant quiet. Applejack would have wanted her rangers to protect all people, not just ponies. I loved Steelhoof's a little more at that moment. After a moment, Clamity spoke up, changing the topic. How are they? Neither has awoken. Zenith's voice turned solemn. Neither? Velvet Remedy still unconscious. I once again felt a twinge of panic. How long had it been since Cantalot? Although Little Pip moans and murmurs fevered things in her sleep. Little Pip is awake. Steel Hooves announced. She's probably eavesdropping. I also hated Steel Hooves just a little bit right then. Go ahead and put him in silly poses, Zenith. shivering when Zenith came in. Somehow my body had gone from overly hot to unpleasantly cold. The metal ghoul was right, Zenith intoned casually. You are awake.
0: What about Velvet?
2: She still slumbers, Zenith informed me. I have given her what salves and remedies I know, but only she can find her way back to us as you have done. She will, I assured her.
0: Velvet Remedy is stronger than she looks.
2: So are you, the zebra said as she placed her hoof on my forehead just below my horn. I groaned. Well,
0: that's easy when you look pathetic.
2: Zenith smirked ever so slightly. We need to go, I started to say, trying a third time to stand. I forced my forehooves under me, lifting myself just enough to reach the mop bucket as another wave of nausea swept over me. Zenith watched as I vomited. You are sick, she said grimly, and quite unnecessarily. You need to rest. I will not allow us to go until you are well enough for the journey. Another day at least, maybe two.
0: How long?
2: I asked, spitting into the bucket of sick, trying to clear the acidic foulness from my tongue and teeth. Less than a day, Zenith told me. Calamity has been negotiating with your trader friend to get the things you need, and he's been putting armour on our flying vessel. If there is one Glyphmark is not pouring, it is scraps. I'd wondered when he was going to get around to that. Nodding, I tried to reason with Zenith.
0: One night, but then we have to go. I'll prop myself up with crutches if I have to.
2: No, Zenith said flatly. I decide when we go, and I say... Not until you are at least able to walk on your own and hold food. Only then will I consider it, assuming that the Metal pony hasn't woken up by then and had you chained down until you are fully healthy. I moaned, slipping back onto my bed. We couldn't wait that long, especially if Velvet Remedy did decide to chain me down until I got better. Something Velvet was more than capable of. Zenith might not realise that, but then the zebra wasn't there when Velvet shot me.
0: "'I can recover on the ride to Splendid Valley,'
2: I told her, "'recalling having said something similar to Velvet Remedy after Arbu. "'But the mere thought of riding in the Sky Bandit "'made my head whimper and my stomach twist unpleasantly.
0: "'Okay,
2: once I can hold food.' "'I wasn't going to subject the others to a ride in the passenger wagon with me "'while I spent the whole trip with my head in a bucket. "'My mind wandered a moment, trying to retrace the days.' How long ago had Velvet Remedy shot me with my poisoned dart gun? How long since I'd left Stable 2? My whole life condensed into, what, eight weeks? Over a month and a half. Not quite two months. The equally miserable little pony in my head pointed out that between now and Steelhoof's shack, I'd used up all my sick days. And soon, the master pitbuck technician would have to dock my allowance. I found myself giggling. Laughter. Zenith mused. A sure sound of regaining health, or slipping into insanity. That just made me giggle harder for no good reason. Zenith got up, taking the mop's bucket handle by her teeth. The stench from it had begun to permeate into the room. I felt simultaneously thankful towards her, and embarrassed at my disgusting frailty. I was sorry to be the reason she had to do something so unpleasant. My mind caught on something as she started towards the filthy curtain.
0: Zenith? "'How is your daughter? "'And have you told her yet?'
2: "'The zebra stopped. "'She set down the bucket of vomit and turned to me. "'Zephyr is doing well. "'She is the doctor for these townsfolk "'and plies her craft well. "'She is very thankful for what we have done here.' "'Zenith sat down, staring off into the air. "'She and the others of her village "'have released me from my responsibility, "'so I am free to go.' "'She looked at me sternly. "'And as for your second question... No, and I wish that you would not tell her. I nodded.
0: But shouldn't she know? And Zenith, you deserve to be reunited with her.
2: Zenith smiled sadly. She is her own man now, not the little girl I knew. I would rather she keep that strength than submit to being my child again. She looked away again. And to be truthful, I cannot be responsible for her. I do not know how. Plus, you need me more than she does. With that, Zenith stood back up, taking the mop bucket once again, and walked out, the curtain waving in her passing. I laid there for some time, unsure of how to feel. Part of me was happy that Zenith would be with us again. Another part of me, the part that wished deeply for a happy ending for my friends, was softly crying. I wasn't even sure why. My own mother, as much as I loved her from a distance... "'was not as important to me as my friends, "'and I would not wish to sacrifice my time with them "'or the good I was trying to do for a reunion with her. "'So why did my heart desire for Zenith and Zephyr to be together? "'I shivered again. "'Part of me wanted to pull down the disgusting curtain "'and wrap myself in it. "'But a better part of me shuddered at the thought. "'I knew that if I did, I'd just become too hot again. "'Instead, I curled up. "'A wave of weariness passed over me. "'We needed Zenith.' I needed her we were stronger together better I would need my friends soon as soon as I was well enough to function we would be enacting my plan whatever that was to deal with the goddess I moaned as another shiver quaked through my body suddenly I felt nervous scared I was about to risk our lives for the plan I didn't even know I was trusting myself which was beginning to feel awfully stupid. They all trusted me, but why should they? I hadn't told them what I was doing, just their specific parts. No one knew what we were doing. This was insane.
0: I've got a plan for dealing with the goddess, and I've told every pony their parts, and just their parts. I'm the only pony who knows all of it.
2: And then I took that knowledge from myself. And locked it away in orbs, sitting far away in Ten Pony Tower. What was I thinking? Literally, what was I thinking?
0: I've taught every pony their parts, and just their parts.
2: Every pony. Oh, because the goddess couldn't zebra minds. A smile broke across my muzzle. Oh, I was a clever pony. She did what? Calamity gasped, startling me from the near sleep my aching body had fallen into. Damn it, little promise me! No. What had I done? I immediately felt awful for whatever I'd done to upset Calamity. Calm yourself. Steelhooves commanded softly. Everything was fine. Was Stillhooves mobile yet? It didn't sound like he'd moved. The idea that he still might be paralysed within his armour was horrible. I thought of how he had been trapped helpless under the water, and prayed to Celestia and Luna that he had been pulled out quickly. Fine! I was gone, you were immobile, and Lil Pepp goes poking her head into a whole of mess of memory orbs right in the middle of the Canal of Ruins! Calamity roared. Damn it! I know that Mary ain't got no sense at all sometimes, but I expected her to treat the promise better. Why did you expect Velvet to do if y'all were attacked? Where have the cloud gone in? Turn on the shield. Steelhoofs said simply. Calamity stopped mid-rant. You what now? We were inside the Ministry of Awesome, within the shielded zone. If anything happened, Velvet Remedy could have protected us with the throw of a switch. Steelhoofs informed him, adding the jab. Or don't you trust Rainbow Dash's defences? I could hear Calamity let out a defeated sigh. Fan, okay. "'She's not responsible for Velvet Remedy's condition,' Steelhoofs added. "'In fact, she risked drowning to save her.' "'I know that, and I'm not mad at her because, uh, hell, I'm not even mad at her. "'I'm just mad,' Calamity admitted. "'It feels better than being worried sick.' "'I heard a crack of wood and dust shifted down from the ceiling boards "'as the small building shook from Calamity's kick. "'I could understand the sentiment.' Hell of a time to let everybody down, Calamity. What? I seem to recall you saved them. My thoughts echoed Steelhoof's sentiment. Calamity caught us, and then he said Velvet when I couldn't. Yeah, well, there wouldn't needed so much saving if I had just flown us out of there. It's my fault we ended up in the moat.
0: Hell, I don't even remember touching down. Calamity! I called out weakly. Stop! just not your fault.
2: That was all I had the energy to shout, and it left me panting. The orange Mane Pegasus poked his head through the curtain, hovering a pony's height off the floor. Little Pip, I'm sorry, I thought you were asleep. Part of me regretted letting him see me like this, and was drenched in sweat. My coat was matted to my skin beneath. I hadn't bathed since being dropped in the mud. I shook my head then weakly hoof-waved him in. The peckers landed to pass through the doorway, stepping up to the old stained mattress that served as my bed. Can I get you anything? Water? A blanket? He frowned. I'm not sure we got any of those. And the water here ain't exactly the best neither. I wanted both, but I asked for neither.
0: Calamity. thank you,
2: I said, smiling as best I could.
0: Velvet and I both owe you our
2: lives. You were awesome. He shook his head. I thanks for all the saying, but...
0: But nothing. It's, It's been hard and hurtful on all of us. Sometimes I just want to stop.
2: I trailed off, ashamed. I felt like I wanted to stop a lot lately. I know what you mean. A lesser pony would have called a quits a long time ago. Calamity laid down next to me. He pulled the pink gem and set it between us. Thank you for this, little pip. I got right messed up in the hell after Buckling Cross. I hate what happened there, and it was sending my mind to dark places. You gave me something to remind that we are the good guys. We don't always get it right. Hell, sometimes we mess it up real bad. But we keep trying, and there are folk better off thanks to us. I nodded, staring into the gem. I hate this plan of yours, Calamity told me bluntly. Once again, you're gone into some place insanely dangerous, alone, and once again, you're the only one who can do it, and I hate that. I'm going in alone. The idea of going into Maripony, or worse of all, Splendid Valley, alone terrified me. I no longer like this plan either. On the other hoof, it didn't surprise me. I knew myself too well. Any chance to spare my friends the danger. Anyway, I could make it my burden alone, I would take it. I'd done it again. Y'all remember what that place did to us last time, Calamity reminded me. And we were together then. Calamity? I asked, worried now.
0: What can you tell me about the plan?
2: Calamity blinked. His eyes widened as I realised what I was asking. What? Y'all don't know? I mean... I know you had your memories removed, but you really don't know nothing about the plan. Now he was beginning to panic. Didn't you leave yourself any notes? Notes? Where would I. I stopped. Damn it, of course, my pitbuck. How could I have not thought of that before? Slowly, I lifted my right foreleg, my gaze sliding to the dead screen of my buck.
0: Um, Calamity, you rebooted Steelhoof's armor, right? Is he able to move again?
2: I felt supremely stupid and foolish. Calamity winced. Er, uh, actually, er, uh, no. My eyes widened. Steel hooves have been immobile the whole time? Turns out it ain't as easy as it looks. I am no certified pitbuck technician and toaster repair pony after all. Then. I started to pull myself off the mattress, determined that Steelhoof's not remain paralyzed a moment longer. My forelegs trembled and my stomach shot me a queasy warning. I looked about, but the mop bucket wasn't back yet. I laid back down, putting a hoof over my muzzle and trying to force my insides still.
0: Could you bring him in here,
2: please? My head was swimming again. Trying to remember just what I needed to do was like slogging through belly-deep sludge. I needed tools, the spell matrix master key and something to reboot him from.
0: And could you please fetch my utility barding? And you borrowed magically powered armor from some pony?
2: I'll do my best, Calamity said, looking chagrined. He's kinda heavy. I nodded, wondering how they got steel hooves inside in the first place. Or out of the water. My eyes widened as I remembered something else.
0: There was a shot.
2: Calamity started, jumping up and looking around. Where you sure? I didn't hear nothing. I shook my head, whimpering slightly at how sick the sudden movement made me feel. No, before, at the lake. You shot something. Calamity visibly relaxed. Oh, that shot. I was catching the Griffon's attention. Apparently some folks tend to notice when a passenger wagon falls out of candlelight. Steelhoof sat silently by my side. I was feverish and having trouble focusing, but I was finished. I started disconnecting my pitbuck from his armor, glancing what's more at the set of badly damaged power armor laying in the corner.
0: I'm sorry,
2: I told him, wiping a sick coat of sweat from my face.
0: We should have had you moving faster.
2: I felt so tired. Steelhoof said nothing, but it wasn't a damning silence. His tail shifted. I put my tools away. Done! I cast another look at the armor Clamity had rented for this and winced. Sometimes things were just unfair. It was Steel Ranger armor, torn up but with a still functional spell matrix that I'd been able to use to restore my pit buck, and then use my pit buck to restore steel hooves. There were still traces of pony blood on it. I'd chosen to restore my pit buck first, not merely because it was easier but because I felt Steelhooves would rather not be connected directly to the other armour. The magically powered armour had been taken from the body of one of the rangers we would killed in stable 2. From the damage, it was a pony whose Steelhooves had put down himself. Steelhooves stood up. He tested each leg and then stretched. Thank you. He said solemnly. Now rest. I curled up, part of me hating that he saw this but unable to properly care. I really wanted nothing more than to sleep, and hopefully not dream. I watched him as he turned towards the doorway. He would just walk out as if everything was concluded, but it wasn't.
0: "'Apple snack?' I whispered, but knew
2: he heard it by the way he stopped. I wasn't sure if this is what I should do, but no more secrets. "'I saw you.' "'You see me
0: often.'
1: "'In
0: one of the orbs in the Ministry.' I told him. It was the memory of a guard. He was assisting Zakora on a mission to help get her closer to the Caesar.
2: Steel Hooves said nothing, but the temperature in the room seemed to drop.
0: You were going to
2: propose to Applejack that night? I looked to him, my heart squeezing in my chest. I'm so sorry. Closer to Caesar. Steel Hooves repeated. To do what? I closed my eyes.
0: I don't know. Spy on him, I think.
2: Or assassinate him. I shook, feeling a chill that was more from sickness than reaction to his words.
0: I... I don't know, but I don't think so.
2: I wasn't sure why. Maybe it was the way that Sakura had worried about pony deaths, or how her inexpert fighting skills caused her to likely kill my host by accident. But I didn't feel like Zocora was that kind of killer. I cringed as I realised I was. She was a spy. Simber down Sally. Zocora ain't no spy. The world was filled with sharp-edged irony. Still he have stood there, as unmoving as he had been all day. Finally, he said, It wouldn't have mattered. Killing the Caesar wouldn't have stopped the war. The legatus, Legionis would have simply stepped in. And, if anything, he was worse. I swallowed, my mouth tasting filthy.
0: Steel Hooves. Apple Snack. I'm not judging you. I'm saying...
2: What was I saying? I fought for words.
0: I'm saying I understand now. I know it went when you said I made it easier for you to live with yourself. And I'm sorry. He nickered. Applejack never knew the truth about Sakura either. I told him. And she loved you. She tried to fight for your relationship because she loved you. And, I think, because she understood.
2: Not approved, but understood. Steelhooves walked out. Buried alive, encased in a coffin of metal. There was no air. I couldn't breathe. Sounds, horrible, horrible sounds came at me from the darkness. Warping, unearthly tones, rending sounds, the sounds of sores. I tried to back away, but there was no room. My backside hit a smooth surface. Not metal, but glass. And I felt a shock of cold. My hooves splashed into the sticky warmth of blood. I could smell the sick, coppery stench. My healing booth coffin was filling with it. You cut a bloody swathe through them. How many ponies are dead tonight because of you, little Pip? Velvet Remedy's voice echoed accusingly, provoking a sickening seté deja vu. How many ponies have you slaughtered? The blood was the blood of Arbu. It sure didn't take you long to become a mass murderer. Did it, little Pip. The sound of the saw was getting closer. It intended to cut me apart with ragged teeth, to slice open my head and take my brain. Strange symbols appeared, floating in front of me, alien glyphs of ancient zebra design. But unlike the sounds and the voices in the darkness, their pulsing lines of crimson and black were soothing. They shifted in odd dimensions, offering to unlock themselves to protect me. I knew these, and they were blasphemous. I turned away. I was facing the mirror. I stared back at myself, bleeding and dying. Little Pip the Raider. My expression was grim, hateful. The stream of blood was pouring out of the mirror, the blood of Arbu coming from my body, mixing with my own. The saw was getting closer. I could feel the wind from its gnarled, spinning teeth blasting my mane. It was going to cut out my heart, rip me open and wrench out my spine. It would hurt, hurt so badly, but I wouldn't be allowed to die. Let us help you, the glyphs whispered. You have no power. You have no purpose. Let us give you purpose.
0: I have a purpose,
2: I shouted at the raily little pip in the mirror.
0: I'm not the wasteland saviour, homage."
2: I heard myself saying,
0: You are. You and them. I'm just the one who clears the way.
2: You could be the saviour, the glyphs whispered, floating the air around the mirror. I realised I could almost understand them. Let me show you secrets.
0: I don't want your secrets!
2: I shouted at the glyphs, but I was lying. I'd seen the blackness of that book held, the horror, but... You've seen how much good we can do in the hooves of the Right Pony, you cannot deny. I... I whimpered, faltering. I knew that was true. Even the blackest magic could be used for good, but...
0: I'm no rarity! I'm weak!
2: I could make you stronger. Better.
0: Don't!
2: My gaze locked on the raider in my soul. She trembled. Dying from blood loss. She was grotesque. Horrible.
0: I'm not this!
2: I cried out.
0: I have a purpose! It's, it's not us, is it?
2: I heard my voice cry.
0: We're not the right group of friends. We can't bring Equestria back.
2: No! Spike's voice laughed at me. You're not! The saw was so close now. If I didn't take the glyphs for protection, it would start cutting me. Let me show you so many secrets. No! I screamed, crying. I wanted those secrets. I tried to fight, but I really, really wanted them. The sore was gone. The noises stopped. The healing booth was no longer a coffin, and I was no longer alone. Enough of this, Rarity said. "'Stepping forward, she glared at the glyphs. "'You leave her alone. "'When? How?' "'The beautiful white unicorn gave me a sad frown. "'I was not that strong either.' "'She stared back at the glyphs as the other Ministry Mayors "'walked out from the darkness behind me. "'The Black Book preys on you when you are weak and alone, "'but you're not alone anymore.'
0: "'I'm... how?'
2: "'It's because you brought us together, didn't you?' Applejack smiled. It's what you do.
0: I think I know who you're looking for.
2: I remember telling Spike. It's happening differently this time, isn't it? Twilight Sparkle's voice was curious. Well, duh. Rainbow Dash hovered over her.
0: Do you think it was the same when it was just Celestia? Same is
2: boring. I reckon it's different every time. I was confused, yet comforted. I didn't know how. But they were with me. And with them, I had the strength to refuse and to fight. But you don't want to fight, do you? Let me give you a taste of what I can offer.
0: Hey, Pinky, this is a great party, but I've got something that'll make it even better.
2: Pinkie Pie said dourly, her expression cross. She was staring at the floating runes, but I didn't think she was seeing quite what the rest of us were.
0: You've got to try these. Just take one. They'll blow your mind.
2: Her hoof stomped. Another voice echoed out of the darkness. Have you given up your principles for the greater good yet? Red Eye asked. I see you've already become a monster. Or did you think I wouldn't hear about Arbu? The blood began to rise. I don't like this fella, Applejack hissed. And look at that. Red Eye's voice mocked as I felt a burning in my right foreleg when my pit bucket merged with my flesh. You're becoming more like me every day.
0: I'm not like you,
2: I asserted, lying again.
0: And I'm not a monster.
2: I knew I was. I could see it in the mirror.
0: Corrupted
2: kindness, Trixie's voice accused triumphantly, her image floating above the mirror. Fluttershy stepped forward. How
0: would you know? I'm the goddess! I know everything! Hush
2: now! Fluttershy commanded, staring. Quiet now! The image of Trixie faded, looking abashed. Power! The black book cajoled. Purpose! Together we will unlock the world. Don't listen to it! Rarity strengthened. Applejack rested a hoof on my shoulder. Y'all already got a purpose. You're the bringer of light, ain't ya?
0: I... I don't even know what that means.
2: I shook my head.
0: I don't have a purpose. I'm lost. I have no idea what I'm doing.
2: Now listen here, Applejack said sternly. What I'm telling you is the honest truth. You do have a purpose. You're the one that brought them together. She said as images of my friends floated at the edge of my vision. My living friends. Calamity. Velvet Remedy. Steel Hooves. Zenith. Even Pyolite. They were here with me too. I felt tears. You found the good ones. Draw them out. Clear a path and lad the way. Applejack smiled gently. There's a name for that, you know. I wanted to believe her so badly that I was trembling. I turned back to the mirror, to the shot-up, bleeding, dying little Pip in cobbled-together gore-stained raider armour, barely standing as she faced down her next kill, little Macintosh floating in front of her, pointing upwards.
0: But this is my soul, isn't it? Of course it is, silly,
2: Pinkie Pie said, hugging me suddenly and pointing at the mirror.
0: You're just looking at it wrong. Look behind you.
2: I awoke with a gasp, sitting up suddenly, then collapsed back onto the mattress. I felt awful, damp with sweat and caked with mud. Filthy, almost too tired to move. My mane was clumped and stringy, but the nausea was gone and my fever had broken. I was not alone in the room. Zenith? The zebra who moved closer, wasn't my companion. Zephyr, I said, recognizing her.
0: Where is every pony? I mean,
2: everyone. Zephyr pulled out a wet sponge from a tin pot filled with water. Your other friend woke up an hour ago, she told me as she began to wipe my forehead. They are all with her right now. I wished I could be too. Zenith is my mother, isn't she? Zephyr asked. I froze, unsure how to answer. Zenith had asked me not to, and I wanted to do right by her but if Zephyr already suspected. I thought so, Zephyr said as she continued to sponge me down, removing some of the illness sweat from my coat. She has tried to hide it, but how many zebra mares named Zenith does she think this wasteland holds? Smart girl. I shivered a little under the cool dampness of the sponge, but I was immensely thankful for every stroke of it. I wanted a bath so much it hurt. I would have given my left forehoof for a day at the Tempony Spa. You will be going soon, Zephyr gleaned. You will be taking her with you.
0: Yeah, I'm sorry. I will be happy to see her go,
2: the young zebra told me bluntly. I'm not ungrateful for all she has done, but she would not have done it if you had not let her. I winced.
0: No, that's not true. Yes, it is,
2: Zephyr said. Accepting no argument, I love her, from a distance. I felt an odd chill as the zebra's words echoed my thoughts from the evening before. But she is not her own mare, and she never will be. I will not be like her. Zephyr continued to sponge bathe me in silence.
0: Your father?
2: I began to ask. My father, the young zebra said bitterly, was Carl Deathhoof leader of our parents' tribe, until that slaver, Griffin, killed him. Stern. I was sure of it. I was just a little foal, but I remember how he treated Mother, and how he ran the tribe. I am not sorry he is dead. (laughs) I knew I shouldn't be moving. My body wanted nothing but more rest but I had to see Velvet Remedy, and I didn't want to go back to sleep. There were things waiting for me in my dreams, and not all of them meant me well. The ramshackle shack, it would be generous to call it a building, was Glyphmark's attempt at a clinic, possibly the largest old house in town. The floors were broken, the roof was sagging, but it housed all of us. Velvet Remedy was being kept in what had once been a bathroom. The old tub water-stained in brown with traces of pink, was the only intact object in the room full of debris and shattered porcelain. "'I thought I'd last you,' Calamity was saying as I approached. I stopped, backing out of sight, not wanting to interrupt. My legs cried out that this was a good time to lay down, or at least lean against something. They were weary and tired of bearing my weight. And if I refused to sleep, the least I could do was get off them.' Now you know how I feel every time you go off and do something reckless, Velvet replied without malice. Ah, I don't think I could take this anymore without you, Calamity told her. I'm struggling here, Velvet. It makes me feel like all my friends are falling apart. And I'm trying to be the strong one, but I ain't doing so good. I remembered what I'd heard Calamity mutter to himself as we entered Stable 2. I gotta be strong for them, not go crazy. I can't just charge in and kill every armored bitch I see. I need to be strong. I need to watch for him. I need to protect him. I can do this. What's wrong, love? Velvet asked gently. What's eating you? Buckling cross. I winced. I've tried to make peace with it, but come closer, Velvet said in response. Let me hold you. I could hear Calamity's throat hitch. We were bullies, Valve. "'Nothing better than bullies. "'We went in demanding something that we knew they wouldn't want to give, "'and it all ended in blood. "'Those young lads didn't deserve to die.' "'My friend was crying now. "'I felt a lump in my throat. "'My heart twisted in knots. "'I should have stopped us. "'I knew better,
0: and that makes it my fault.
2: "'Hush now, love,' Velvet cooed. "'She knew there wasn't anything she could say, "'so she wisely said nothing.' I imagined she was holding him as he cried into her mane. Anne, I'm terrified that I'm losing you too, Calamity said brokenly. What? No, love, Velvet soothed. You're not losing me. That crap you pulled at the Ministry of Peace is different, Calamity asserted. There was strength in his voice. I could tell he had pulled back from her. No, no, don't say anything. ''I understand why you did it now, I guess, but you're too wrapped up in Fluttershy. It ain't right, right nor healthy. Putting all your faith in a pony you hardly know.'' ''I know Fluttershy,'' Velvet insisted softly. ''Yeah, but there are things you don't know.'' Clamty replied, and all sorts of alarm bells started going off in my head.
0: ''Oh?''
2: Velvet asked, and I swore the question sounded like poison. ''Like what?'' Calamity faltered. Well, I don't rightly know, but Little Pip's seen things in those orbs, and I could hear from the timbre in his voice that he knew the hole he was digging, so he changed tack. Just remember what DJ Point 3 always says is the one big truth of the wasteland. We all done things that we regret. And, well, sounds to me like Fluttershy had some regrets too. And Little Pip is keeping what she knows secret, isn't she? "'Protect me, no doubt.' "'Velvet hissed out a sigh. "'I guess that Calamity nodded. "'What a surprise. "'Little Pip keeping secrets from her friends. "'I swear, if there was an element of frustration... "'Velvet, please,' Calamity said softly. "'Don't be mad. "'She means well, really.' "'And do you think she's right? "'Do you think I need to be protected from whatever this is?' "'I don't know.' Amity struggled. After the Ministry of Peace, maybe? He found a more solid ground as he told her. I just know that you shouldn't get so wrapped in trying to be your idol. I had a sudden flash of Pinky Bell, and I bet Velvet Remedy did too. You're a wonderful, loving, caring pony all on your own. Just be yourself. I slipped out the front door, not wanting to interrupt the quiet moment Calamity and Velvet Remedy were sharing. I blinked in the odd daylight, once again recalling how strange the air seemed without the healing light of the sun. Ditsy Doo waved at me. I blinked again, taking in sight of Ditsy Doo's delivery wagon. Absolutely everything. Yes, I do deliveries. She'd picked up a new companion, I noticed a Griffin bodyguard in Talon armor. Now I knew who Calamity had rented the Steel Ranger armor from. And which Griffin had been signalling. Zenith had given Glyphmark a buck to the town's economy, and Ditsy Doo had taken only days to start trade with them. That was amazingly fast for word to have gotten out. I suspected a little of Armage's hoofwork. A little lavender filly with a blonde mane trotted up to me. She was smiling, a piece of parchment in her mouth. Here, Miss Little Pip, Silverbell said, her voice almost singing, I painted a picture for you, see? It's your homage. I floated the parchment up and gazed at the painting. It was a crude child's painting, and it was the most beautiful picture I had ever seen.
0: Oh, you're crying? Don't you like it? I tried really hard. I... I love it!
2: I knelt down and hugged the filly gently. I wondered what I had done to deserve such an innocent and wonderful gift. With deep shame, I remembered that I'd once intended to steal from this little filly.
0: Thank you, Silverbell.
2: Ditsy-Doo had trotted up beside us. As I let Silverbell go, I noticed that Ditsy had a couple of little chalkboards dangling around her neck. She set one of the down, pulling out a piece of chalk and scribbled.
0: Hello. Hello, Ditsy-Doo.
2: I replied, floating up the picture next to me. I would have to find something waterproof to keep it in until we returned to Junction R7, where I intended to put it up in a cherished place right next to my bed. Silverbell had somehow really captured homage and made her look absolutely adorable. Ditty-Doo erased raised the board with a hoof and then wrote, "'Can a horn grow back?' She looked at me with an urgent smile, her right eye rolling upwards disturbingly. I blinked. "'I... I don't know.' I thought about it some more. "'A horn is a bone, right?' Minutes later, Velvet Remedy was kneeling next to Silverbell, the older mare's horn glowing as Ditty-Doo, calamity and I watched. Now, I've gotten a lot better at this spell. Velvet cautioned, snarkily adding, thanks to an abundance of practice. But all I can do is help the physical horn grow back. I do not know if her magic will heal, or how long it might take.
0: Thank you, Miss Velvet Remedy.
2: Silverbell chimed softly, understanding. Her eyes drifted to pylite, widening along with her smile. The majestic Balefire Phoenix began to sing to Silverbell. Her song was rich, sadly nostalgic, and overwhelmingly beautiful. Velvet Remedy smiled gently and stretched out her magic. The scar on Silverbell's head, where she had cut off her own horn, began to glow.
0: What do you think's going to happen to Silverbell?
2: I asked Velvet Remedy, as the Sky Bandit pushed its way through the smoke-yellowed sky. "'I truly don't know,' Velvet replied, giving a polite cough. "'I hope,' with her horn reformed, that her magic will swiftly return, but the Wasteland has never seen that forgiving.' She coughed again, and I found myself joining her. We were skirting the edge of the forest, heading towards Splendid Valley by way of Ponyvale, the fires of the Everfree Forest were choking the air in every direction around it. The forest had been burning for over a week. Now, it was consumed in flames and a thick fog of smoke. But from what I could see, it seemed absurdly intact. Darn you think the whole place will be ash by now. Calamity called out, flying low to keep us out of the thicker smoke. Aye, Pylight, you sure this ain't some sort of phoenix forest? Pylight laughed out a derisive hoot. Our attention was snatched by the sound of a gunshot, rapidly followed by several more. Calamity diverted towards the sound, and soon we came upon a gunfight. Two groups were battling between the cover of rocks and what looked like the charred corpse of a river serpent. They looked like raiders! Raiders? Seriously? I've already wiped out the raiders of Ponyville. What do they do? Respawn? Who are they attacking? I asked bringing up my EFS and trying to get a fix on both groups through the haze. Other riders, I think. Calamity banked and I got a better look. Sure enough, three younger raiders seemed to be holding out against four older ones. Neither side had lost a pony yet, but one of the two bucks in the younger group had taken a shot to the leg and was bleeding badly. I was mildly surprised that Calamity hadn't started shooting yet.
0: Shouldn't we help?
2: Help who? Calamity questioned. ''I ain't sure who the good guys are here, if Pony, I'm feeling a bit gun-shy after recent events, and I don't want to start shooting the wrong folk.'' Velvet Remedy gave an exaggerated sigh. ''There are more ways than that to help.'' She waved her horn as it began to glow. Below us, Velvet Remedy's shield began to sneak between the two groups of fighters. ''Excuse me?'' Velvet Remedy's magically amplified voice rang out. ''Could you please lower your weapons for a moment and tell me why you are fighting?'' "'What the hell?' "'One of the older raiders responded by tipping up the muzzle of his rifle "'and taking a shot at Velvet Remedy. "'The bullet struck the now well-armoured wall of our passenger wagon. "'Wrong!' Velvet Remedy informed him. "'Magic burst from her horn, striking him with her anaesthetic spell. "'The raider buck toppled, paralysed. "'Let's try that again.' "'I'd floated out my zebra rifle, "'thinking I really needed a weapon that used more common ammunition "'and did not set ponies horrifically on fire.' I was holding myself in reserve. Clamty and I exchanged glances as we let Velvet Remedy's tactic play out. You got a death wish or something? One of the older raiders shouted out. Are you out of your fucking mind? More shots rang out. Both sides <laughs> were still trying to shoot at each other through Velvet's shield. Neither was having any luck. They're raiders, one of the younger bucks shouted up at us.
0: They wiped out the Republic. They wiped out the what now?
2: I asked, confused. A little town up north of here, Calamity informed us. I protected a few caravans travelling between it and New Appaloosa. Bizarre, cut like group of weirdos, but not bad ponies. Certainly didn't deserve to be slaughtered. And who are you? Velvet asked. Wah! Calamity shouted as one of the larger group hurled a homemade explosive at the Sky Bandit. I caught it in my telekinesis, pulling Velvet out of the window as the bomb exploded in the air, sending shards of glass and nails in every direction. Steel stepped between Zenith and the window, his armour deflecting the shrapnel that found its way inside. I heard Calamity bite back a cry of pain as a nail tore through one of his wings. His barding and the sky protected him from the rest. We're heroes! The younger mare and her group of the three yelled up at us as the two bucks next to her reloaded. You look like raiders. What? One of the younger bucks cried out in surprise. Oh, the barding! I blinked feeling my life and somehow come full circle.
0: "'Okay!'
2: I called out, moving back to the window and aiming the zebra rifle. One of the raiders shot at us again, missing the entire sky bandit. "'Yes, sure, little Pip? We don't know.' "'We know one side is shooting at us!' Steelhoofs pointed out impatiently, opening the door of the passenger wagon as the missile launcher opened on his battle saddle. "'Fuck!' somepony shouted from below. "'It's one of those outcast
1: rangers!' (laughs)
2: Steel missiles shot out. One hit Velvet Remedy's shield, which collapsed in the fiery blast. The other ploughed through the fire and struck the ground at the hooves of the older mares in an explosion of bloody meat. Two managed to dive to safety, but their fellow raiders were bloody, smouldering giblets. The two survivors turned their attention fully to us. One of them pulled out another homemade grenade. I prepared to grab it with my magic. Let me give you a taste of what I have to offer. I suddenly understood the spell was so simple it was barely more than telekinesis the easiest thing really my horn began to glow the splattered blood from the torn raider chunks began to flow together pooling and lifting i realized this was the first spell the little teaser off to pony or might be be what fitting worthy weak enough now just form the blade Be unwavering. No! I shouted, my scream simultaneous with the raider's throw. The blood splashed back to the ground, seeping into the soil. Velvet Remedy threw another shield up, this time between us and the raiders, deflecting the bomb, sending its shrapnel into the shield. No. I was shaking. Cold sweat had broken over me. But I would refused. I would rather be a one-trek pony than have a spell like that. I've never seen a zebra before. The olive buck walked around Zenith as she watched him apprehensively. I mean, not a real one. You don't look like the ones in the pictures. He tilted his head, brushing a wisp of eggplant-coloured mane from his face.
0: Can your eyes really glow?
2: Steelhooves had made short work of the battle as we had landed. Velvet Remedy was tending to the wounded buck, and Calamity was talking to the group's mayor, who would recognise the pegasus from tales of his caravan protecting "'Her eagerness to chat with him about hunting raiders "'had convinced him that we had aided the correct side. "'We had yet to trade names. "'Haven't you heard about the Wasteland Heroine?' "'The younger mare in scavenged armor said politely. "'She and her friends swoop in and save the day, "'shooting the bad guys and monsters dead. "'Pow, pow, pow!' "'The Amber Mare's magenta eyes were wide "'and she was nearly squealing. "'We're going to be just like her!' "'My ears fell back, and I cringed a little inside.' happy I was not wearing my stable barging anymore. Calamity was looking at me, the hoof to his muzzle, snickering. Damn it, why was he snickering? Are you sure you want to put yourself at risk hunting raiders? Velvet Remedy asked carefully as she wrapped the buck's hind leg in healing bandages. I'm sure the Wasteland Heroine wouldn't want you getting hurt. The way she massaged the name made me flush with embarrassment. The radio was bad enough. I took a step behind steel hooves. My ears burning. Oh, no. Her patient insisted. A khaki-coated pony with a vanilla-coloured mane. But she wants us to help make Equestria better. DJ Pwn 3 says we all need to learn from her example. She can't be everywhere at once, the olive-coated second buck explained. It's up to the rest of us to be brave and step up, helping fight the good fight. This was too much. I never deserved my reputation. But after Abu... This was unbearable. Why should any pony idolize me? I wanted to bury myself in a hole somewhere until this was over. You're a lifesaver, the khaki coated buck told Velvet Remedy as she finished binding his wound. If anything, the equestrian wasteland needs more ponies like you. Velvet blinked in surprise. Why, thank you, she breathed. Hey, the buck exclaimed, his eyes widening as he stared at Velvet Remedy. ''You sound kind of like that gal on the radio, the one who sings the new songs.'' Pilate landed on Velvet's tail and sang out a musical note. Velvet Remedy blushed. ''You have a good ear.'' At least she was used to having fans.
0: ''Wow,''
2: Olive Buck said, staring at Steelhooves. ''Are you really one of those renegade Steel Ranger heroes?'' Steelhooves whinnied. ''I am.'' ''That is so cool.'' ''And so you're Hunt and Riders.'' Calamity asked, sounding impressed. Yep, we're on a rescue mission, the enthusiastic Ambermare said. A scowl broke over her face. Those raiders murdered every adult in the Republic and took the fillies and colts back to their fort. I guess they wanted to keep them for themselves. We're going in after them. Probably wanted playthings. The khaki buck snorted, his voice filled with loathing. Calamity bristled. Velvet Remedy gasped. They did
0: what? ''Where is this fort?''
2: I asked, stepping forward, my personal embarrassment forgotten. The olive-coated buck pointed a hoof. ''There's an old hut on the far side of Ponyville, right up next to the Everfree Forest.'' ''Damn it! I thought I'd cleared Ponyville of raiders. This place must have been far enough out that I missed it. They've turned it into the centre of a small compound.'' ''How many?'' Steelhue's asked. ''About twelve, ''Minus these four, so eight. But they have guns and dogs. Zenith looked at me. No more distractions? She asked calmly, and I bit my lower lip. Steel neighed. The rest of you can go ahead if you wish, but Applejack would not want her rangers to ignore a cry for help. The three younger ponies were staring at us. I nodded.
0: The goddess will just have to wait another hour
2: or two. We had a chance to help, and I wasn't going to turn my back. Velvet Remedy was trembling. That's... I nodded. I wasn't surprised now that I'd missed this raider group. The cottages that they had built their compound around really was a bit removed from the rest of the town. It was surrounded by a large fence of rust and razor wire, and sharpened poles impaling the heads of rabbits, squirrels, and other small animals. Sickly poisoned trees twisted up from the barren ground, providing support for sniper nests. Dead birds hung from their branches, strewn together like wind chimes. A small river slogged through the property coming out of the Everfree Forest, the water grey with ash. Inside the fence were kennels, some of which were used for the angry, malnourished guard dogs that roamed about inside. As for the other kennels, through my binoculars, I could see the mangled body of a pony in one of them. Fluttershy's cottage. Steelhooves confirmed. The fence on the far side of the cottage lay in broken ruin. Several trees on that side had been uprooted, and a few kennels had been crushed flat. It looked like something huge had lumbered out of the Everfree Forest, barely noticing what it had stepped on. A couple raider ponies were standing over the wreckage, poking at it, while a third was keeping the dogs from escaping with a shield spell much like velvets. I passed the binoculars to Calamity.
0: Could you give us a flyover? Make sure we're not missing anything?
2: The Pegasus took off his hat, threw the binocular strap around his neck, and kicked his hat back onto his head. Gotcha, little Pip! One aerial recon coming up! The Amber Mare stared as Calamity stretched out his wings and flew. Pegasus is a cool Pegasi. Velvet Remedy corrected automatically. Yeah, those two. We should split up. Steelhew's recommended. Hit the main hut and the yard simultaneously. Keep them divided. I agreed.
0: You should go with these ponies and take the ones in the yard. Zenith can free any captives and get them to safety while you take out the
2: three. Velvet interrupted. ''You're not sending this buck into battle with a wounded leg,'' she scolded, ''especially when he might have to evade dogs.'' I frowned and nodded.
0: ''You're right. I wasn't thinking.''
2: The fact that I regularly charged into combat wounded didn't mean it was smart, especially since this little group of wannabe heroes didn't have a velvet remedy of their own. I looked at Steel Hooves.
0: ''It looks like the folds must be inside the cottage. Calamity and I will sneak in and take them out.''
2: I looked to Velvet.
0: ''I would like you right behind us with your shield spell ready. I don't want any of the kids caught in the crossfire.''
2: She nodded primly. ''Wait,'' the khaki buck said. ''You're taking her in with you? Are you insane?'' Velvet Remedy gave him a questioning scowl. ''I'm not helpless. You're a healer. You should be protected, kept out of combat.'' I understood his logic. The loss of Velvet Remedy was just not the loss of one pony, but countless... Velvet huffed. Why not put me in a pretty little cage, then? Calamity landed before an argument could break out. Three raiders in the yard, including a unicorn with defensive spells. Two snappers in the nests, and the rest are inside. He frowned. I spotted lots of mutilated carcasses, but I two living carts in the cages. They're letting the darks nip at him. Others must be inside as well. I looked at Velvet with sudden concern as I remembered the horrors I'd encountered in the Ponyville Library and the Carousel Boutique.
0: Velvet, are you sure you don't want to stay behind on this one? From what I've seen, these raiders take pleasure in desecrating the former homes of Fluttershy's closest friends.
2: Velvet Remedy walked forward. I'm not staying behind. Let's go. Slammed teeth flew me in through an open window in the second floor of Fluttershy's cottage. As soon as I had my footing, a levitated Velvet Remedy in after us, covering my muzzle, my eyes watering from the stench. The inside of the cottage was beyond foul. The bedroom had been willfully destroyed. The bed, still displaying a bit of its butterfly motif in the carving, had been set on fire with a broken lantern, and the burnt remains used as a toilet, repeatedly. Pictures were knocked from shelves and smashed, "'Books were defiled. "'A fireplace was filled with a pile of skulls, "'some with still-rotting meat on the bones. "'The rotting carcasses of small animals hung from the rafters. "'Some sort of wicked, bluish ivy had crawled up one wall "'and entwined with the rafters before dying. "'I suspected the raiders had poisoned the ground, "'killing all plant life, as well as many animals "'unfortunate enough to try to find food or water here. "'Velvet Remedy rushed to the window and threw up. "'I felt disgusted.' not only at what I was seeing and smelling, but because I wasn't at the window doing the same. Velvet Remedy moved back from the window as we heard voices from downstairs.
0: ''You want a knife? Little bucky didn't
2: need a knife.'' A cruel mare's voice laughed.
0: ''Oh, give the kid a knife!''
2: A buck growled. ''Makes it more interesting.'' I slowly crept up towards the stairwell, calamity in front of me. ''Now remember, kids!'' A third voice chuckled as I reached the railing and looked down. The room below was filled with old, rusty cages. Most were empty, but there were nearly half a dozen foals locked up inside of some of them. They were all staring down at the centre of the room, eyes wide with terror. Several of them were crying. The centre of the floor had been torn up, and two fillies and a colt were in a hole, a tangled mesh of rusty barbed wire wringing it. One of the fillies was crumpled in the dirt, bleeding from multiple wounds, the flesh torn from her scalp. The colt looked battered and was breathing heavily, keeping weight off one foreleg. Both he and the standing filly were shaking, tears running down their young faces. The raiders were gathered around their crude, homemade version of the pit, smoking, drinking, and lounging on furniture that integrated the bones of ponies. The one that survives gets the bodies of their parents back. How dare you! Velvet Remedy screamed, swivelling her combat shotgun towards the second raider as the first fell. The wasteland isn't hard enough, sick enough, without you monsters making it worse. (coughs) The second shot tore the left hind leg and flank off the second raider. He collapsed, screaming in a pool of blood. And in Fluttershy's house. Velvet Remedy tossed her shield up over the children as she marched down the stairs, her expression full of unbridled fury. I watched. "'Frozen?
0: I'll have your head on a fucking plate!'
2: the raid mare screamed as she dove for a riot shotgun. (coughs) "'A shotgun surgeon splattered open the chest of the wounded raider.
0: "'How dare you be
2: this foul!' "'Outside, we could hear explosions interspersed with irregular gunshots. Steelhoofs was engaging the enemy. "'The raid mare swung around, the riot shotgun in her muzzle, and found herself facing down Velvet Remedy's barrel. "'The raider seemed to freeze.' staring at the black hole of her death. "'I've never killed a pony before,' she said, her voice soft but still amplified by her spell. "'This is Velvet's arbu,' I thought suddenly. At least she had the benefit that pony anywhere would question the vileness of the pony she was eradicating. At least she was saving children, not scarring them.'" <laughs> Velvet lowered the shotgun, turning away from the third raider's raggedly decapitated body as far as i'm concerned i still haven't
0: i didn't want to
2: the little colt bucky was bawling
0: i i didn't mean it they made me do it i i didn't want to, uh, i didn't want to hurt her The little filly with the
2: head injury was dead. She had expired before we could get to her. Velvet Remedy hugged the colt, soothing him as best she could despite looking shell-shocked herself. We had saved nine folds in all. There had been three outside, one with a black coat who had curled up so far inside his cage that even Calamity hadn't spotted him. To our surprise, he was a pegasus, great-grandson of a dashite named Radar. Calamity had heard of the rogue pegasus, Last one to give the enclave the kiss off, he told me, before my time. I was putting the burden of getting the foals to safety on the three young heroes. The yard of the cottage had a wagon filled with cages, undoubtedly how the raiders had brought the foals here. It would serve as lightly armoured transportation. I had seen that the wounded buck now had the riot shotgun. Once Calamity had worked his repair wizardry on it, the riot shotgun had become a truly respectable weapon, even better than Velvet's own. They should be able to make it to New Appaloosa as long as they went straight there. New Appaloosa wasn't my favourite place to send refugees, but it was the only place close. Junction R7 was too far, and the only place closer had apparently been the Republic, and they couldn't go back there. I wish we could come with you, I told the Amber Mare, realising I'd never gotten her name. But we really need to be going. She nodded. Thank you. The Wasteland Heron will be so proud of you. I looked obliquely, reddening. I, um, yeah, I hope so. I kicked my hoof in the dirt. <laughs> Anybody ever tell you you're cute like that? She asked, and then gave me a little kiss on the cheek before scampering off to her friends. They were trying to coax the little colts and fillies onto the wagon. I blinked, my thoughts blown apart. Within half an hour, the wagon was pulling away hauled by the two unwounded young heroes. Steel Hooves had ensured the raiders outside never got to harm them, and they were headed to New Appaloosa with a story of heroism and awesome might of the Applejack's rangers. I could almost feel a warmth radiating off Steel Hooves. He had done Applejack proud, and he knew it. I hoped he was beginning to finally heal. I turned and looked at Velvet. she had managed to hold her together until the wagon was moving, but as I watched, she began to tremble then collapsed in sobs. Calamity was there to catch her.
0: Why does it have to be so horrible?
2: Velvet sobbed. How can these how can these horrible creatures be ponies? I stared at the ground, having wondered the exact same thing. We fight and hurt and bleed to try and make Equestria better, Velvet said, burying her face into Calamity's neck. But you can't stop something until you take away its reason for being that way. I thought of the pink cloud. And, but there's no reason for the raiders. No reason for them to be so
0: vile. No reason
2: at all. The sun was setting as Calamity landed the Sky Bandit at the edge of Splendid Valley. All about us were dead ponies and the strewn wreckage of a military camp. One of Red Eye's banners, slightly scorched, flapped in the wind. "'Well, we're fucked,' Calamity stated as he detached himself from the Sky Bandit's harness. After the other morning, he had jury-rigged a quick-release mechanism. He had spent the last few hours skirting the boundary of the valley, looking for this camp. This was one of those parts of the plan I had told him before extracting my memories. The notes I had left myself on my pitbuck were very vague, clearly written to be reassuring but not informative.' but they did include a mention that we were supposed to stop here just before flying into the valley itself. I wasn't sure exactly why, but I suspected it had something to do with whatever I'd gone into Red Eye's encampment around Tempony for. Something important enough that I took another party time mintow. So I was really hoping it was damn vital. Or maybe not, seeing as whoever we were supposed to meet here had been dead for days. Large blackbirds were picking at the carcasses... I felt queasy as one of them pulled the eyeball from the armoured corpse of a brown earth stallion. These wounds are from Alicorn spells. Steelhoof's noted, moving amongst the bodies. The goddess's children did this. A total massacre. And not a single Alicorn dead. Damn. I'm guessing this means the goddess and red-eye ain't even pretending to be on the same side anymore. Not necessarily. Steelhoof's offered... This could be a preemptive strike. Or maybe she just didn't like part of his army sitting this close. The more I saw, the more this struck me as part of the forces that withdrew from Tempone Tower. Either way, I doubt Red Eye has the benefit of instant communication. There's a good chance he doesn't know this happened. And when he finds out, the goddess could pass this off as an unfortunate attack by something out of the Everfray. Is that it then? Clamty asked me. Plan over? I shook my head. I... I don't know. I was the wrong person to ask. I looked about for Zenith. She had disappeared again. Velvet was curled up in the Sky Bandit, Pilelight stroking her with a wing. Look, if we're still a go, Calamity told me, I want to leave Velvet back here with steel hooves. She's not in any shape of doing anything else right now. I agreed, assuming, of course, that the plan allowed them to remain behind. "'Damn it! Where had the zebra vanished off to this time?' "'I rotated and jumped back as I found myself muzzle to muzzle with the striped face of our zebra. "'What we need is still here,' she said cryptically, her exotic voice low and urgent. "'We best move swiftly. I have seen the goddess's children just beyond the ridge. "'They are engaged with a hydra, but the battle will not last long.' "'A hydra? I suddenly guessed what had stomped its way past the slaver encampment in Fluttershy's cottage.' Do what you must do, little Pip. I nodded, both relieved that things were still on track and stunned by the thought of the Hydra. Part of me really wanted to see the battle, but I knew I wouldn't. I checked the notes on my Pip-Buck just to make sure, but I was right. Now it was time for me to put on the blindfold. I peeked. I couldn't help myself. As Calamity soared across Splendid Valley, hauling the Sky Bandit behind him, I heard the roars of the Hydra and just had to look. One peek couldn't hurt, right? The first thing I saw was that I was alone in the Sky Bandit. That shocked me. I felt certain that at least Zenith would be here with me as well. I scrambled to the window, looking out, but there was nothing to see. Splendid Valley stretched on for miles... And I could see Maraponi on the horizon, the crater filled with hundreds of hellhound holes. Thunder cracked, and the Hydra roared again, telling me that I was looking up the wrong side of the passenger wagon. "'What are you moving round so much for?' Calamity asked as I shifted to the opposite window. I felt a pang of guilt, but it was swiftly washed away by the spectacle of the battle. One Alicorn lay crushed and bloody on the ground. A second was in the mouth of the Hydra's head farthest to its left. The monster was absolutely huge, and the head was almost able to swallow the alicorn whole, only her wings protruded from its closed maw, fluttering limply as it chewed the life out of her. Three more alicorns swooped around the hydra, dodging the remaining heads as they snapped at their prey. One of the hydra heads sucked in a deep breath and blasted out some sort of gas, enveloping one of the goddesses' as magically shielded children. The purple alicorn's shield seemed to protect her. She tilted up a wing... "'spinning in place as a second head's maw opened wide "'and folded in her wings. "'There was a flash of light where the alicorn used to be. "'The head of the gaping hydra exploded with a wet sound, "'the crumpled and blood-soaked form of the purple alicorn "'falling to the ground. "'I gaped. "'The alicorn had sacrificed itself and teleported inside the monster's skull. "'Quickly, I blindfolded myself again, "'thankful that my head was too small for such a grotesque tactic.'
0: Welcome Welcome back, back, my my guests. guests.
2: The chorus of voices drowned out my thoughts. My My children children will guide you, you. that you may bask in the presence presence of the great and
1: powerful powerful goddess. goddess.
2: My head began to throb. I felt the sky bandit touch down. I waited. According to my notes, calamity would tell me when I could take the blindfold off. I heard him releasing himself from the harness. I listened as hoofsteps drew near. He stopped just outside the door, and we waited.
0: Why do you loiter? Don't you know?
2: I thought at her. Okay, little pip, Clamity said, and I lifted the blindfold. There were two dark green alicorns standing on the path ahead, and I could see dozens gathered around the Mariponi ruins, just standing there, staring at us, mindlessly. No, one-mindedly. I shuddered. I'm not going to be here when y'all are finished, Calamity told me. His extreme dislike of this plan clear with every word. My eyes opened wide. I knew I was going in alone, but I hadn't realised my ride was leaving without me. What the hell? How was I supposed to... My Pegasus friend pointed towards a section of the rubble. There's your ride out. I followed his hoof and spotted a bit of pink hidden in the wreckage. The Griffin chaser too. I'd wondered what had become of that after we left Old Olney.
0: The goddess grows impatient! Yeah, yeah, I'm on my way! I thought. I've got what you asked for! Now just hold your alicorns!
2: There was only one set of instructions left in my notes keep your eyes forward, sparkle up, stall, and wait for the signal. This time, the goddess's alicorns had not led me to the observation room, but right into the heart of the goddess herself. I levitated myself above the dusty lake of IMP and stared up between the vats at the floating face of the goddess. Lights on my EFS compass indicated the two green alicorns flanking me, then a vague, untargetable haze seemed to fill the rest of the room. The haze was the brightest when I swivelled my head towards the vat that Trixie had fallen into so many decades ago. I found myself dreading this, even as I spoke with her, telling the goddess what I had found. I knew that I was just delaying the inevitable. The black book was in my saddlebags, cold against my flank, and I had brought it here, on purpose. I was about to let it fall into the hoof of the absolute worst pony who could ever gain it. On purpose. There was no amount of heroic acts or lives saved that would make up for this evil. "'Weather Control, is that all? "'The goddess expected more More. from Red-Eye. "'What manner of threat is
0: that?' "'You're the one that assumed what he was after "'in the Ministry of Awesome was a threat to you.'
2: "'I reminded the Trixie thing. "'Speaking aloud just because thinking "'at the floating light show pony head "'was just a little too creepy.
0: "'Then clearly the single pony project is a threat.' And just a very clever one that would
2: take the goddess only a moment
0: to comprehend. But just a moment. Ah, yes.
2: yes. I stared, trying not to let my disbelief project too strongly.
0: Or maybe it was not this single Pegasus project that the was after. Tell me everything
2: you saw in the Ministry of All. Yes. Well, stalling wasn't going to be hard. Stall? Why do you stall? foolish little pony. There is nothing you can do that is of concern or
0: consequence to the mighty goddess.
2: Standing there, staring at the amorphous nothing before me, I began to suspect that she was right. Just how the hell was I supposed to stop the goddess? Shoot her? A lot? Unless I picked up bullets of goddess killing, that just wasn't going to do a damn thing. She had every spell of the alicorns. Probably every spell of Trixie. Twilight Sparkle, Mosaic and Gestalt. If not every unicorn she had consumed, she could think me dead. This was hopeless.
0: Yes! Yes. Your silly little plan against the
2: goddess is hopeless.
0: The goddess is not impressed. impressed. You You. wait. Who? What? Who? What? Are you an owl now?
2: I suddenly thought of Wordsworth.
0: You You thought of names! Think the names again!
2: Oh, oops. There was no way I could have foreseen the star orb when making this plan. Did I just trip up on something? Stall? Well, here goes nothing. I thought of the orbs, remembering them as best I could. Every detail, focusing most heavily on the star orb. I spent what felt like hours replaying Cantalot in my head. Even when I sensed the approach of others, more alicorns I assumed, and did not stop. I went over each memory orb multiple times, but kept coming back to the star orb. Whenever I did, the goddess grew quiet in my mind. I think the memory stunned her. Finally, she demanded I stop.
0: Enough of that memory! memory. It It, it is not not important.
2: important! I suspected deeply that it was the most important memory ever. But I didn't have time to investigate my suspicions. The location identifier started flashing on my eyes forward sparkle. But it wasn't telling me where I was. How could it? I'd been in the same place for hours. In fact, it wasn't telling me anything. Just flashing, getting my attention. This must be the signal, but what do I do now? And then it told me. Run. Zenith has planted the Balefire Bomb beneath Maripony. Your friends are safely away. You have 38 minutes to get clear. Run. What? 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 The bellfire Bomb is here? How did it get here? How did Zenith get past all the hellhounds? I knew she was sneaky, but that was beyond the pale. How could I have asked her to take the risk? And I was supposed to get out of range on the damn pedal machine? That's... That's insane. What was I doing standing here... Where the hell would I have gone into this place why would I have even as I panicked the pieces of my plan fell into place of course I'd needed to be unnaturally persuasive what could have been more difficult more worthy of resorting to party time mentals, and talking red eye into giving me the bomb no wonder he'd started pulling out after that he was taking the bomb to the camp Tempony tower hadn't been under a mega spell threat in over a week I'd made homage safe before I'd even left we need is still here Zenith had said I remembered how small the bear fire bomb looked in pinky bells barn small enough that even a little filly could move it around if with difficulty I remembered going to speak with Gord, but I cut out the memory of what had
0: happened in shattered hoof blackwing I remembered saying I was hoping to see you I have something I need to ask you for and I hoped we could come to an arrangement
2: I remembered all the times I'd lost track of Zenith in battle how she'd managed to follow me without the Twilight Society catching her. Zenith had Blackwing Zebra Stealth Cloak, and Zebra Stealth Cloak's even Mute Scent. You have 37 minutes to get clear. But why would I have
0: Don't watch any of these until after you slash I get the black book and take it to Marapony?
2: I'd written that to myself. I then told Calamity to allow me to view those two orbs we'd picked up from the merchant just before we went to Shattered Hoof. The argument between Applejack and Rarity flashed through my head. Yes, Ed, you were gonna get rid of that cursed thing.
0: I said I would burn
2: it. And I tried. But as you can see, it doesn't burn. I haven't tried to have Spike burn it. All that did was send it to Princess Celestia. Well, you still should have gotten rid of it. How? I doubt anything short of a mega spell could destroy it. And I certainly don't want to dispose of the book where I could find its way into the wrong hooves. I didn't bring the black book here to give it to the goddess. I brought it here to destroy it once and for all. Crush two eggs under one hoof. The little pony in my mind was prancing nervously, trying to shout down my thoughts with a scream of,
0: Bomb! Bomb! Get away from the bomb! The Zebra!
2: I floated the black book out of my saddlebags and tossed it into the taint. It splashed and bobbed, the twisted and profane black leather floating with the debris. No... Think of all the great things you could do. I backpedaled, my brain finally working. I needed to get out of here now. You could save Twilight Sparkle. My eyes were still locked on the book. With the little pony in my head was screaming. There was no time for that anymore. Thump! I backed into some pony. My panic skyrocketed, my heart skipping a beat. My levitation magic imploded, dropping me into a murky lake of taint. I spun around to see who was blocking my exit. Three ponies in Enclave armour stood blocking the doorway. In front of them, a stately dust-coloured Pegasus flew forward, dressed in sophisticated grey barding with a sleek military elegance. Greetings, Goddess! The Pegasus called out, stirring up a Trixie's light show and seeming unfazed. Allow me to introduce myself. I am Harbringer, and I am here on behalf of the Enclave. It's an Enclave experiment, alright! calamity had said about the science project we found in Old Olney. Under orders of Harbringer, one of the Enclave High Council. The Goddess had more important things on her mind.
0: Children, Children, flee!
2: As did I. I desperately searched for a way around them. I could try floating them, but they have wings. I wouldn't be able to hold them in place just by lifting their hooves off the ground. I could try to fight my way through, but these were Enclave. It would be like fighting three or four calamities. I would so thoroughly lose. Even if I won, my injuries would assure I didn't get out in time. You have 36 minutes to get clear. There's no need to flee, the Harbringer assured the goddess calmly. We mean you no harm. In fact, I have come to offer you an alliance between the enclave and the goddess. I froze, my jaw dropping. Wait, what? For the briefest moment, I forgot about the bomb, turning to stare at the Pegasus. The Goddess was ultimately genocidal. Her plans for Equestria meant the end of all ponies. And worse, the end of individuality. She was a horror, and the Enclave wanted to ally with her.
0: Fly, Fly my children, children. Save, save yourselves! Jesus.
2: Okay, and part of me was a little bit impressed with the Goddess. Trixie knew she was about to die, and her final act was to save the Alicorns. Damn. Damn. We have recently become aware of what the pony named Red Eye is doing. Harbringer stated, We knew he opposes you and plans to overthrow you. His intentions with the towers pose a clear and imminent danger to the Enclave and its citizens. His intentions are nothing short of an act of war. Oh, this was not happening. I pranced anxiously in the taint, looking around for an alternate escape route. Oh, goddesses, even if I found one, there wouldn't be enough time for me to get away. But the Enclave military is... Harbringer permitted himself a chuckle. Let us say, formidable. Should we combine our efforts, I have no doubt that we would deal with Red Eye and eliminate the threat he poses in his entirety swiftly. You have 35 minutes to get clear. Oh no. No, 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 no! This is bad. I need to find a way out now! And with the threat of Red Eye and his plots wiped away, Harbringer concluded, smiling the earnest grin of a politician. You can rule all of Equestria below unchallenged. We will remain above, unthreatened, and we will all know peace in our time. The Observation Room. It was designed to protect against a mega spell detonation. It had saved Twilight Sparkle before. Of course, it had also trapped her inside, but I'd worry about that later. Breaking into a full gallop, I telekinetically launched myself to one of the remaining catwalks and ran for the Observation Room. What's she doing? Harbringer asked. Ambrosia, after her. One of the black carapace Pegasi I took to the air, giving chase. My heart was pounding in my chest. An odd itch was creeping through the insides of my legs, spreading out. You have 34 minutes to get clear. I dashed into the observation room, looking around frantically. Last time, this place sealed up in reaction to the balefire bomb's explosion. But this time, it would go off right under Mariponi. In the time it took the shutters to close, I'd be dead from heat alone. But I knew Twilight Sparkle wouldn't create a safe room with such a fatal flaw. There had to be some way of manually telling the safe room to seal. You have 33 minutes to get clear. Hold! Ambrosia ordered as she landed outside, folding her wings and trotting through the door. I paid her no attention, searching with mounting panic. I said hold! The armoured mare demanded. Then freeze where are you fucking standing, or I'll turn you into a glowing pile of soup! Bomb! I shouted at her in frustration, scanning all of the controls and monitors for anything that might trigger the room's lockdown. What bomb? She barked. What are you talking about? And I said freeze! I heard the magical energy weapons built into her armor began to power up. Relief washed over me as I spotted the removable panel. I froze, looking towards Ambrosia, smiling as my horn glowed. Behind me, the screws on each corner of the panel rotated and fell out. The panel dropped to the floor with a clunk. The sound caught the enclave soldier's attention. She looked towards the panel, and so did I. There was a nice big red button marked, push to initiate safer and protocol. I gave it a hard buck. What did you do? Ambrosia cried out as the door closed and the armoured plate came down. She spun, watching massive armoured shutters lower over the windows. What did you just do? You have 32 minutes to get clear. Good morning, children! This is DJ Phone 3 coming at you over the airwaves. And guess what's riding hot on my tail? That's right, the news! That bright light and roll of thunder that you lot reported from the vicinity of Splendid Valley just over 40 hours ago uh, one you lot said was like a mega-spell going off. Turns out that it was a mega-spell going off, right in the heart of Splendid Valley. Now, I don't have a lot of details, but I can confirm that a whole mess of alicorns fled the valley less than half an hour before the detonation. And I can now confirm report that our wasteland heroine was on the Ponyville side of Splendid Valley earlier that day. Now, I don't know if there's yet any connection, but if I was a betting pony, I'd say our bringer of light had a hoof in what happened out there. Not really the light I was talking about, Stable Dweller. Our prayers go out to you. I hope you're okay. If you or any pony has any further information, please let me know right away. As a report of odd behavior from the Alicorns in the wake of this occurrence, or claims of seeing odd black ponies flying through the sky, I can only- (laughs) Greetings, citizens of the Equestrian Wasteland. This is the Grand Pegasus Enclave. We have commandeered this broadcast to deliver an important message to all ponies. We are here to save you. Footnote. Maximum level. Quest perk added. Touched by taint too. Exposure to taint has altered your physiology. You do not take immediate damage from radiation. In fact you gain extra healing while being exposed to it. However, radiation continues to build up in your system as normal. And I think that's the end of the goddess. Whoa, Nelly, I wish I'd seen that light show. I mean, from a safe distance. And now it's time for the enclave. I hate those damn winged bastards. Just leave us dumb Wastelanders be and fuck off back to the clouds. Now, I'm getting off topic. Here's some music. Skybolt. I don't want to set the world on fire. Sounds fitting. Enjoy, people.
0: I don't want to set the world